Thanks for tuning into LJN Radio, where you can find all of your favorite employment-related shows. I'm Katie Chesney, and you're listening to Job Search Guide, a show where we get tips and tricks from experts on how you can land your next job. Today's topic is relocation, and we'll be talking with expert Tori Zupke, an adult nurse practitioner at Mojave Mental Health Clinic, about how he relocated from Fond du Lac, Wisconsin to Kingman, Arizona. Now, before we explore today's topic, why don't you describe what you do and how that led you to relocating, Tori? Thanks, Katie. Like Katie said, my name is Tori, and I work as an adult nurse practitioner here at Mojave Mental Health. My career has been in psychiatry, and I recently graduated as a nurse practitioner, and I was looking for moving out of the area where I grew. I was born and raised in Fond du Lac, Wisconsin, and I basically wanted to get into something more dynamic, go to a warmer place. So I started looking at areas that I wanted to relocate to. And Arizona, Colorado, New Mexico, and Florida were among the states and things I was looking at. And so I started looking online and went to a recruiter and uh, basically ended up in the position I'm in now. Awesome. So did you kind of choose to relocate because of the job market or was it just a personal preference for getting out of the Wisconsin frozen winter? That was a big reason was the cold climate. Uh, We're not real fond of that during the winter and certainly Arizona. They say they have 300 plus years of sunshine and that, that is true since we moved here. Uh, So a big piece of that was for the weather component. We were just, my family and I were looking for a change. So came out for the interview and really liked what we've seen in the organization and discussed that and made the decision to move out here. So uh, certainly salary was a big part of that uh, because the salary in the area of Wisconsin was a lot lower than uh, the salary out here. So, and there were other things uh, in the benefit package that also helped seal the deal. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, I'm glad that you were able to successfully relocate. So I know that there are a couple different ways to make the move. You can move and then find a job or find a job and then move. What do you recommend? It's certainly always, if you're erring on the side of caution to have a job lined up versus moving out and getting situated and then finding a job because you you may be out looking in the job force for a while. Depends on the specific area you're going to, what field you're in, as to uh, how many of the jobs are there, because a lot of people are probably applying for the same position, and it's a tough market out there. So uh, if you don't have uh, financial funds and things to live off for a while, that can also be a, an extremely uh, stressor mm-hmm. when you're moving to an area. So my advice would be to find a job first and then move to the area. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a lot easier to do that versus the unknowing. And, you know, you could be unemployed for a length of time before you find a position. Okay. Do you think that, like, in your particular experience, did you think that you were more likely to get a job by moving than finding a job or finding a job than moving? It's, like I said, it's a rough market out there. I had 75, I sent out 75 applications and received three interviews. And I received two offers from, one from Wisconsin, which was considerably lower and not as good um, Mm -hmm. as benefit package. And then the other one was here in Arizona. 
So that's a lot of interviews. You know, I didn't have experience as a nurse practitioner, but I had a lot of experience as an RN prior to this, 18 plus years working in the field. But even though I didn't have enough experience or, you know, working as an NP, that shut a lot of doors um, in my face and didn't even get me um, in the door to get an interview. So Mm -hmm. experience is a big piece and key. You know, you mentioned that you had applied 75 times. How many months out would you recommend looking for a job when you're planning to make that move? I would suggest at least six months. Now, I did mine in a lot less time, and I would not recommend that. I think mm-hmm. all in all, I had everything done on our end in three months, and it was extremely difficult. You know, I'm moving 1,824 miles across the country and selling, you know, getting the house and all our belongings and 12 years worth of goods and two kids and my family out here. It was very hectic in the process of that. Plus, I was working and teaching. And so for me, it was a lot of stuff to tie up before getting out here and really was a difficult process, you know, but we managed to do it. But still, it created a lot of stress and, and turmoil during the process before that. So I would say six months is a, is a good time frame to really tie it down. If it's just yourself, that's a different story because you don't have a lot of those right. variables to worry about. So like within, you said you had done it within three months, which is an extraordinary feat. Um, what kind of, like, does your employer, like once you get an offer and you accept it, does your employer then give you that time to kind of wrap things up, to sell your house, to, you know, get your kids together? And That is one of the things you should probably negotiate with the, if if they're, you're a candidate they're in, interested in, they should certainly be flexible in that option um, to give you more time. I didn't do that which I probably should have taken more time because everything was very rushed, rushed. And it was, again, it was, I wouldn't recommend that, but uh, depending on your situation and things, you you know, you can shave off a little bit of time. But again, I would give it a good six months because it really, when you think about all of the variables and stuff you have to typically take care of, it goes by quick and, you know, you'll be thanking yourself in the end when you give yourself a little more time and get situated and then you get into the job and not just go from one right into the next, which mm-hmm. is kind of what I did. So now you had mentioned that you you had obviously like applied for 75 jobs. You got three interviews and two offers. So hypothetically speaking, if you had gotten out of those 75 applicants, if you've gotten 10 interviews and five offers all in different states, would you have then been a little bit more selective or would you have, you know, kind of just taken the one where you were like, hmm, well, this is the first one I'm going to get. So I'm going to take that one. Yeah, and some people have that, you know, where they jump on the first offer and stuff, you have to kind of decide what you want and specific things that you're looking for in a job. And sometimes people just take that to get the experience and then they're not in it long and they're jumping ship to somewhere else which is not uncommon because, you know, typically those places take people out of school or whatever the case may be. The working environments probably aren't real conducive, and so you're working in probably a high-stressful area, and then the turnaround is real significant. So you kind of got to look at the company and where you're working in those specific areas. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if I had the option in that because they flew us out here and they paid for the entire trip and gas and accommodation and hotel, they were very uh, good at with both my wife and I at what they offer. So it was real impressive. 
Now, if I had opportunity to go to Colorado, New Mexico, that might be a different story, you know, because I always keep things open, keep your options open, Mm -hmm. um, because you never know, you know, if you're a really good candidate and you're a good fit for the company, you'd be surprised at what uh, some things they'll offer you in in consideration in the package, you know, once things are said and done and they extend an offer. Awesome. So... Let's back things up a little bit. You have your job, you've moved, you relocated. So when you were applying for those jobs, how did you present yourself in your resume and cover letter in a way that told employers that you were willing to relocate? The cover letter itself is very important. Um, That's almost more important as... um, As the resume? Your resume itself, yes. Because a lot of employers will glance and, you know, they give two to three minutes if you're lucky on a resume. And they, a lot of your details and things from your cover letter um, extending who you are and stuff. So I put a lot of uh, time and effort into my cover letter and make sure um, the specific areas are met when I'm, I'm looking at drafting that up. And it depends on, you know, what area you're in as to what you're going to discuss. But, a you know, a basic cover letter has, you know, the beginning, the middle, and the end. And so you're you're basically focusing and trying to be specific as you can when you're discussing your history on and what you do and what you're going to do for the company, you know, why should they hire you, and basically wrapping it up in the end and how you communicate and, you know, if you're extended in your interview or whatnot. So those are the big three pieces of a cover letter. But again, as long as it's specific and to the point and, you know, those general pieces, that's how I look at things and keep it real specific and and detailed. You know, why are you writing and what you have to offer and then how you will follow up in the end is usually what I do. Okay. So did you ever receive any feedback from employers that your willingness to relocate helped your chances of getting the job? Like you were clearly committed to the position, you were clearly committed to taking that step and moving? Before I came out here, I actually talked to the medical director prior to coming here, and I could tell just by the phone conversation and, you know, the basic interview that I had with him that I really liked kind of his style. I could tell by things even over the phone. Sometimes, it's you know, you need to see people and their body movements and mannerisms and things. But I could really, just off the phone conversation, that was something I wanted to pursue further. And And sometimes you can get bits and pieces from phone conversations. So those are important, um, you know, prior to a face-to-face interview. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I, I was pretty straight up and already had in the back of my mind what I wanted to do and relocate. So that wasn't an issue. And I think from his point, you know, he didn't want to extend an offer or, you know, somebody who really wasn't interested in the job and just was checking around and seeing what they could do. So I, I laid that out there, and I was pretty firm and, and straightforward with them on what my intentions were. Mm-hmm. So I think I re, I relayed that quite well, you know, in our conversation. Right. So that was a question that came up in the phone interviews. Did they, did they just straight out ask, are, are you willing to relocate? Is this something that you're serious about? That was basically the second question, you know, a little bit of, small talk, how are you, you know, mm-hmm. you know, this is my name. And, and then it was, yeah, I think that's what employers are looking for. If they're going to take a chance on you, they want to be certain that that's what you, you know, if they hire you, that you're going to stay with the organization. Cause you know, it's a lot of money to invest in an individual and then they're maybe there for a month or two and then they leave. And so then that, you know, that cost can be, um, 
quite expensive right. over time. So like I said, I was pretty um, direct in, on what my intentions were. And I think that, you know, carried over in the face-to-face interview when I got out here. Okay. Now, do you think that it, you know, you'd mentioned that you feel like your experience had um, maybe hurt your job search a little bit because you didn't have any of that experience as a nurse practitioner. Now, do you think that looking at that from a different perspective that um, the fact that you wanted to relocate was going to hurt you? Like maybe companies weren't interested in you because you wanted to relocate and they didn't want to like have that expense. Well, I, I certainly think that's an issue that companies think about when they're hiring individuals that if they had a local and somebody who's stable and they know that take less of a chance on, so to speak, they may lean towards investing in them versus somebody coming across the, the country. But I think also, you know, it depends on the individual if they're really specific and detailed and you know, put all their information up front and this is what I want to do and this is my plans and my goals and whatever may be the case, you know, they may look at that and say, well, this is a dynamic individual that somebody would be a good fit for a company. So I would really like to get him in here. I think he would, you know, do well in the company, him or her, whatever the case may be. And so depending on the company, you know, they're going to look at those type of variables and stuff. But I, I think if it's a company, sometimes they, you know, will err on the side of caution. And But it, it really does kind of come down to the candidate. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have a so-so mediocre candidate and you have somebody very strong and really uh, might make a huge difference for your company, you might take more of a chance on, on that individual versus, you know, the mediocre one. So. so you had mentioned that you had had a phone interview and then um, the the company that you work for now flew you out to do that interview. Did you find like through the process that that was going to be the norm, that you would have a phone interview first and they would fly you out and cover most of the expenses? Or was that kind of just an added perk with that particular company? Well, I had discussed some of that with the administrative assistant when I spoke with her. And she relayed that, you know, she gave me an itinerary of all the specific things. I mean, it was very detailed what I would do from this time to that time. And they gave us some time to herself to kind of go out the area, check out schools, different things, in the, which I found very helpful, housing. And, and, and so we did that. But things were laid out. They were all paid for. The only expense I had to submit was a vehicle expense and gas and some other receipts. But they took care of the plane and um, getting that all secured and stuff. So we had all our information prior to that, and it was all taken care of. So it was very little out of cost for the Mm pocket-wise. And then I submitted those, and it was reimbursed uh, very quickly. So... Could you give our listeners some tips for like interviewing for jobs that are out of state? So you, you went through that whole process. So what were some things that you kind of wished you would have known ahead of time? Well, it's one of those things you really have to do your homework. And I can't stress that enough as far as details and looking things and sometimes ask a lot of questions. And really, because mm-hmm. when you make a, a transition from you know, you're not moving from one city to the next, you know, maybe 30 miles away, you're moving across the country. So it's important to get all the specifics on what you want and what you're looking for. So I don't think, you know, asking too many questions is sometimes not a bad thing. 
any interview is important uh, to be prepared, so getting yourself prepared and being confident is extremely important. Again, that's one of the things I can't stress enough because sometimes it'll be a one or two person interview and sometimes it'll be six or seven people sitting in there and that can be very overwhelming for people and difficult and intense and, and you know, then your mouth dries up and you're hard to talk and it just, all of those things kind of set in and, you know, you start to panic and things. But uh, if you're going to move to an area, look at the area. There's online websites you can check out. There's one called c2c.coli.org. Those are a cost of living comparison index, which you type in your information from where you live and to where you're going, and it tells you the cost for food, transportation, for gas, housing, mortgages, everything you need to know, and that's very helpful in the area. There's also a website, uh, www.state.gov. Uh, there's another one called salary.com. And then there's another one called cityrating.com. Mm-hmm. And all of those look at crime rate and problematic things within the area you're going to because you want to know where you're moving into, what the crime are, you know, the specific population demographics with people. That Sometimes that makes a difference. Um, so all of those things uh, can be a big consideration when you're looking at making a, a significant change like that. Right. And never, you know, don't be naive in what you're looking for. So that's very important on being specific in what you want because, again, it's um, if you're just taking a job for the fact of experience, that's one thing. But mm-hmm. if you really want to grow and, and get into that perfect job, those right. are things you really have to um, consider in what you're doing. So did you have any, like, tips or best practices for job seekers who don't have a local address? That don't have a local address? Yeah, so you wanted to move to, um, you know, Arizona, Colorado, or New Mexico. So did you just keep your Wisconsin address on your resume and your phone number and things like that to identify that you lived in Wisconsin, or did you kind of look for a P.O. box or something that would forward from a local number? I kept the address uh, from where we're from in Wisconsin. Now, my wife and my kids were out here six weeks before I was, so we were kind of changing some things to this address and keeping some at our other address until we made that final transition uh, in May of this year. So uh, a P.O. box is one option, but in our situation, we had two homes um, so we switched everything eventually to the, mm-hmm. you know, the Arizona home now. But for a brief time, we were using both addresses because I was still living there and they were out here. Okay. That kind of just depends on the individual and what their situation is. If they don't have houses and, you know, just move from an apartment, that's one thing. Uh, certainly a P.O. box would be feasible. Mm-hmm. So what were the three things that you found to be the most challenging during this whole process and how did you overcome them? Well, the f- Three things that were difficult for me were that I moved things too quickly, so I I didn't allow myself enough time to move out here, and that, that certainly created a lot of stress and, and problems for me. And the next would have been to have a little more time to do that before I got into my, my next uh, position and working here. Mm-hmm. Those were the main things. I guess I... Uh, the third thing I don't really know. I mean, those were time is always a big factor, and because otherwise you feel rushed and you're very stressed out, and it can be very problematic for you. Right. So 
that, that that's kind of the main thing is just allow enough time to to get where you need to go. Mm-hmm. I guess just as a close, I'd like to add that um, when you're looking at practicing for interviews, um, do mock interviews, mm-hmm. do some videotaping so you can watch yourself with your mannerisms and your movements. You only get one chance to make a first impression. Get comfortable with multi-person interviews. Uh, get three to six of your friends, family, coworkers together and videotape it and you can watch it. Uh, there's great CDs that you can get that can help you through that. I obtained some from my local library here. There's Kiplinger's Complete Job Search and Organizer. Another one is The Hunt, Searching for Your Dream Job. Mm-hmm. Another one is Nailing the Job Interview, Prepare and Get Hired. The Beginner's Guide to Finding Your Perfect Job. Another one is How to Discover Your Real Life's Work. And my favorite, 101 Great Answers to the Toughest Interview Questions. And the last one is 25 Things to Say to the Interviewer and Get the Job. There are lots of YouTube videos out there on interviewing type techniques. And I just want to add in a lot of um, companies are using what they call a behavioral interviewing questions Mm -hmm. where they say, tell me about a time when you were part of a team. Tell me about a time when you had to make a difficult decision. And if you think about that and use the acronym STAR, that'll help you out in thinking um, through those questions. And get a binder and kind of organize things, and that'll really make a big difference. And the STAR stands for uh, S is for situation, T is for task, A is for action you took, and R is for the results uh, you achieved. And this is a a real good acronym and technique to remember to those pertinent um, behavioral interviewing questions that they ask. So I just wanted to add that in there. Um, in the end. And a lot of those interviewing questions are behavioral interviewing areas, research, written communication, oral communication, your assertiveness, your commitment to task, creativity and imagination, decision-making, your teamwork, time management, flexibility, and your goal setting. So those are all um, important pieces when you're thinking about that. So that's just an added piece I wanted to um, add in here. Well, those are a lot of really good resources. And definitely check out you know, the cost comparing index when you're going to be moving. Double check the um, salary to make sure that it's going to fit for you. And definitely be prepared when you're going to these interviews. You want to keep all those things in mind. Unfortunately, that's it for today on Job Search Guide. And thank you for joining us and sharing your expert advice, Tori. We do appreciate it. All right. Thank you very much, Katie. Thank you for having me. Thank you. And to find more employment-related shows, head over to aljanradio.com. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions for future shows, email me at aljanradio at localjobnetwork.com. Once again, I'm Katie Chesney with Aljan Radio, and I'll see you next time. 